Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hashtag Single. Jeanette here, your host. Thank you so much for coming back. I hope you enjoyed last month's episodes. I was really excited to introduce you to Lee at Flashback and really hoping that you are feeling energized and maybe inspired to take your first solo trip, maybe, um, in the world as a single person. And I hope you really enjoyed my conversation with Elizabeth and Josh because I just met them on my trip and I think they're fabulous human beings. So. That being said, it's a brand new month, so we got some brand new guests for you, and I'm so excited to introduce you to someone that I was just introduced to. Sonali, welcome to Hashtag Single. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. I love your energy, and I know you guys can't see her, but she has this fabulous gold carton behind her uh, in her video feed, and I was just informed that Sonali means gold, so it's giving me a lot of life. So thank you for um, your presence and for agreeing to come on the podcast. Of course. So Sonali and I were just introduced to each other by an industry colleague, which is, I just want to say this, like, I feel like your whole brand, please correct me if I'm going too far saying that, but like your whole brand is being this like badass, hot, single woman. And my whole brand is being this badass, hot, single woman. So I love meeting another woman that's like, listen, these are my circumstances in life, but I'm going to lean into it. Exactly. Make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, being single is your brand. So being single is my brand too. I'm so glad you're uh-huh. here. And Snelly has brought her friend Jason. Jason, welcome to Hashtag Single. Thanks for having me. Super excited. And how do you guys know each other? We're at- we are colleagues. We, we, we both work at Equinox. Yes. <laughs> yes. Such is a love LA story. I love it. It's not a gym. By the way, it's not a- Equinox is not a gym. It's a luxury fitness club. So we started off as colleagues and then we became friends. I thought you were going to say it's a lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) Do they train you? You're like, it's your first day. Do not say it's a gym. It's a lifestyle, people. It's very rigorous. Yes. (laughs) Do you guys guys hang out outside of Equinox or is it just like you became friends by gossiping about the people inside Equinox? Both. Definitely lots of gossiping. (laughs) This is a different <laughs> podcast altogether. I have one, way more questions, but so Jason, you know the rules of the podcast. As our resident voice of the patriarchy, you're going to sit back and listen to what Sonali and I talk about today. And at some point, we will ask you to join the conversation and ask to get your opinion on everything we've talked about. How do you feel about that? I feel like it is time to let women speak. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, that is the correct answer. <laughs> That is why I love Jason. I'm (laughs) loving our VOP. Great. Awesome. Well, sit back and relax. Enjoy the ride, as they say. So, Sonali, okay, let me preface this by saying, okay, so I've already said your your brand is being single, but let me bring our listeners up to speed on what that means. Mm -hmm. So, you've had a little... publicity or public airing of your personal life in that you were on Dr. Phil. I was. Like very famous um, in 2020 in the pandemic as the, uh, I believe then, 33-year-old virgin. Um, Correct. <laughs> two stories sort of happening. You were talking about uh, the fact that your family wanted to set up an arranged marriage for you um, mm-hmm. and also that at your present age, you were dating, but you were a virgin. 
And from that, that spun out like a lot of articles and interviews and stuff like that. And that's what you've you've become famous for is that's a horrible thing to say, but you become well known for. Yes. Is that correct? That is very accurate. It's the one thing that makes me unique. And surprisingly, it's not the one thing. (laughs) It's the number one thing that makes me unique in today's hookup culture. And um, apparently people love that. You know, audiences have shown a lot of support. I'm so thrilled and grateful for their uh, support. And um, I'm very proud to be a virgin. You know, I don't have to worry about an STD or a UTI or an accidental pregnancy. (laughs) All good things. Yeah. Exactly. That's very true. I mean, there's like the list of pros is long. Honestly, it, it right. it's not it doesn't just like begin and end with babies and STIs. Um, there's so many other things as well. So what that was like that interview happened in the, like the pandemic in 2020. So what's is there any update aside from you're now 35 and not 33? <laughs> uh, is there any update to your story? No update. Everything's right. been the same other than my age. Um, and by the way, I don't say old. I'm 35 years young. I wanted Clark make that clear. Yes. <laughs> my apologies. I believe that that's that is just a phrase that has been indoctrinated in my brain by the patriarchy. So yes. anytime things we say things that are weird, someone else put it in your brain that you're not responsible for. So we're gonna blame right. patriarchy. <laughs> so I start all of my one-on-one episodes at the very beginning, which is just to start an open-ended question with like, what's your story? Where did you how did you get to the point of your life that you're at right now? And where are you at in your single journey? And you don't have to start with like, okay, birth and whatever. Like start that story. Where it just yeah. <laughs> so I do. I I have to start with where I was born because that has a huge influence on who I am today. So I am U.S. born. I was born and raised in America, specifically New Jersey, the Garden State. My parents are from India, and so growing up, they infused a lot of Indian culture in me. Meaning, we grew up watching uh, Bollywood movies. We, meaning my sister and I. We grew up watching Bollywood movies, learned Indian arts. Um, th- that was, that's the plus side. On the flip side, my well-meaning parents, conservative parents, they forbade me from socializ- socializing and dating. And by socializing, I meant no, no sleepovers, no, 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 no going out, no, no prom, no dating, none of that stuff. And I also did not dorm in college. I commuted from home. Because what do college kids do on campus, according to my father? They do hanky-panky. <laughs> oh, that was my 30s that's the charmingest thing i've ever heard yeah so that was my life up until 22 um no boyfriend no nothing on the way home from the graduation ceremony my parents specifically my father he starts pressuring me to agree to an arranged marriage that's what traditionally that's still what happens in indian culture my parents had one in the 1980s and um, when i graduated college in 2009 which was 13 years ago um, that's what they felt would still work nowadays. In fact, it's been a decade plus battle of me fighting that concept. Um, and so my jaw dropped. I'm like, you've never let me have a boyfriend and you want me to just marry a stranger now? Like, what is that? I opted no. And since then, I've been married to my career, actually. <laughs> so yeah, that's on the family front. Arran- you know, no arranged marriage, no thank you, hard pass. Arranged marriage to me is your parents choosing who you're going to be sleeping with. That is super disgusting to me. I mean, like, my parents never even talked to me about sex. I learned about sex from health class in school. <laughs> and it's funny, about what, you know, with Indian culture and sex, because sex is actually a taboo subject. Premarital sex is taboo traditionally. But it's the country that created the Kama Sutra. So go figure. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Indian culture created it. And, um, and so, yeah, sex is a taboo subject, but it's the second most populous country in the world. 
in India. So th- there's another irony right there. <laughs> I mean, there's so many loopholes and so many problems. I literally don't know where to begin. But let's start with you because like that is, first of all, very challenging journey. And mm-hmm. the fact you're self-possessed, confident, wonderful, intelligent, like I give you a lot of credit because I think- Thank you. Just let's take the dating out of it. The fact that you weren't allowed to socialize is is kind of traumatic, I think. I don't mean to like name your experience or something, but like that's how we develop as people. With That's how do we right. develop as human beings. And that's how we develop as women, right? Like there's a lot of things you cannot talk about with your parents and usually it has to deal with sex. So if you're not allowed to like have your community around you, like that's, I think that's half of like, human brain development and emotional development is like having your peers. So if you're not allowed to socialize, how are you going to learn? Because I was so sheltered growing up. That's why now as an adult, especially after college, I became an extrovert. I love socializing. I love parties. I, I, I'm a people person. That's like the ultimate revenge. They were like, we're going right. to keep her inside the house so she doesn't do all these bad things. And then you graduated and you were like, let me out the house. Yeah, <laughs> it's the opposite of what I was growing up as, really. It's, it's amazing to me that you became an extrovert after like, I just have this image of like you being at the gate, like with your, <laughs> you know, it's very cartoonish, but still like your hands on the bed and then they open them and you like, just start running, you know, and you're like, what? that was so, me. Yes. I, I think you won, obviously, but I imagine that would be a very challenging way to grow up as a young woman, period, full stop, like taking the dating and the sexual situation out of it. So giving you a lot of credit there. But um, it's yeah. it's exactly what you said. I think it's very interesting, this dynamic and this setup of like, we're not going to allow you any kind of like lead up to this these experiences. But then one day you're going to wake up and you're going to go from like zero to like 180, where you're right. going to go from no sex, no dating, no flirting, nothing to like marriage. Dating is a life skill, and I was forbidden from developing that skill as a teenager. And now fast forward to age 35, I still don't know how to date. Um, I'm still a virgin. I've had uh, three serious relationships. I've dated nine men in total. All of them were scared off when they found out that I still have my V card. Um, It's just been a very challenging journey and a very lonely journey also. During lockdown, I experienced extreme loneliness because we were all stuck at home. Everything was shut down, as we know. And so I experienced a lot of lo- extreme loneliness during lockdown. And, um, and I just decided to like, it's not that before I was ashamed of being a virgin. I was just private about it. But yeah. I just, you know, and it took a long time emotionally to get to this point in life. But I just decided one day to just own my truth and just put, it, put myself out there. I realized this is what makes me unique. And, and, you know, virgins aren't freaks. We're people with feelings also. And like I said earlier, there's nothing wrong with being a virgin. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with virgins. And I would expect you to be a virgin considering the fact that you had no socialization leading up to that. Like, it's the equivalent of asking a 13-year-old, which is where you're kind of at, like, psychologically in terms of romance and dating, to, like, get married. So, like, you not have, you're, like, missing all this stuff, and then you're supposed to be completely emotionally prepared to deal with another person's wants and needs, both just, like in a partnership and in the bedroom, like it's absolutely insane to me. I mean, anyone could have taken your background and your experience and gone in a million different directions. Like you might've gone to college and be like, you know, had a huge rebellious nature and just like literally (laughs) screwed everything in sight because you've been so repressed, you know? Right. 
<laughs> you didn't get to stay there either. So I'm yeah. sure that hurt your chances of socialization there. So I think I think your story actually, like I said, is the, the best possible scenario that could have happened for someone that grew up that way. That being said, like, how do you feel about it? Like, do you have resentment towards your family? Have you like forgiven? Have you come to terms with it? Like, where are you at with that whole thing? I, I'm 35 now. I own my truth. This is who I am. You know, I'm just putting myself out there to, to serving as an inspiration and motivational source for uh, for other folks out there who are like me. Uh, I don't have any resentment toward my parents. They, they're they're well-meaning. They just they raised me to the best of their ability. They instilled me in me what they knew best, which is conservative Indian values. And traditionally in Indian culture, dating isn't allowed. Sex is a taboo subject in general. Premarital sex is a big no-no. Um, it's a very male-dominated society. Having been born and raised in America, I had both the Indian culture and American culture thrown at me. At home, it was Indian values and, and customs. And I went to public school. At school, I saw American culture and values, right? I saw other, you know, in middle school and high school, especially, I saw other Indian girls making out with non-Indian guys in the hallways. Right. And I thought if I did that, then my father found out I'd be, I'd be sent back to India. Gosh, I, so I never did anything to rebel because I didn't want to be sent back to India. But yeah, growing up, it was challenging um, having both Indian and American cultures being thrown at me. But now as an adult, I've come to terms with it. You know, I am who I am because of both worlds. Right. And I'm just owning my truth and sharing Good it. Good for you. And I think, I think you have to like find the core of who you are in that process mm -hmm. because you're receiving conflicting stories, right? Like yeah. the American story and the American socialization. I'm sure there was a lot of peer pressure in school from people that you knew who were like, why do you what? act this way? It makes me think of, you know, I've had a couple guests on the podcast um, who had extremely conservative Christian upbringing and... Mm -hmm. The story is similar in the way, in the way that it is like a male dominated culture in that like women are expected to withhold sex until marriage, like virginity is a value and, I, you know, like the way you're not supposed to behave all the way up to like age 18. And then at age 18, you're supposed to have a completely different life and experience. And, and it's trying to find the peace with your upbringing, your family values, your belief but who you want to be in modern day and modern culture. After I appeared on Dr. Phil, I started referring to myself as a modern and traditional good girl. Modern because I am American born. I love contemporary fashion. In fact, I love bling bling. I love makeup and jewelry and all that. So that's the modern aspect of me. But then traditionally, I, I hold near and dear to my heart conservative Indian values. I like, for instance, no premarital sex. I, I will be devastated if I ever had a one night stand. And, you know, things like uh, no strings attached relationships or friends with benefits, hookups, all that stuff. None of that appeals to me. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure many people could agree with you that, like, you're not missing out on anything. <laughs> you have a sibling. I do. Do you have a sister or a brother? I have a younger sister. Okay. She's actually queer. So we're both disappointments to our parents. I'm 35 and not yet married. She's not married either. She's I 30. love it. So scandalous. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? According to our conservative parents. <laughs> They're like, we tried so hard. That's so interesting. And was she like brought up and socialized the same way you were yeah. in terms of limited friendships, limited dating experiences? Absolutely. Yeah. We, okay. neither, we were raised in the same household. And uh, I, she came out five years ago. I was the first person in the family she told. And it shocked me. But then it made sense because she was always very tomboyish. 
I just didn't put two and two together. But then when she finally came out, we had a heart to heart and it just made sense. And and then she told our parents, I told her not to. It won't make sense. They won't get it. You know, you got to think about your audience. Um, they, she told them they didn't understand. My father flipped out. Um, and so it's been five years. It's just swept under the rug. Uh, we don't talk about it. She was looking for a female partner, but um, it, that's a whole other story. She's had a challenging journey as well. Um, but they haven't like disowned her or anything. No, but, but that does happen. That totally yeah, happens exactly. in, in conservative families. So yeah. I'm happy to hear that they still like love and embrace her, even if they're just like, they're in denial. That's what it right. is. My, my family is too. Like they don't ask me about my dating life. Like we don't talk about it. So it's, right. not, it's not too different. They're just sort of like, Okay, I don't, I don't need any more information. Thank you, right. but you do live your life. And, and, and I, I told you, I just mentioned this. My yeah, my parents are disappointed that I'm 35 and still not married. But let me tell you, if they ever Google me and they find my Dr. Phil clip or they find me talking to you, wait, on they this don't podcast, know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Let me tell you, my my um, my grandmother died a couple months ago. There's a big family reunion at the funeral. My dad told everybody I'm already married. Because he's ashamed of the truth. Because I haven't seen them in years. Um, they're all in India. I haven't been to Indian years in a decade or so. So, um, like he just—it was just easier for him to lie to everybody. Like, oh yeah, she's already married. She 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 had a quiet ceremony, and you know, she and her and her significant other just in America leading their own life. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a complete lie. Um, <laughs> this is crazy pants. And then where does your mother fit into this? Does she go along with whatever your dad set up? Like, with yeah. does she go along with the story? Yeah, she's like telling people you're married. Yeah, well, my mom has no voice in my parents' marriage. Uh, She's nine years younger than my father. Like I said earlier, they had an arranged marriage. Uh, My dad's very dominating, and he's the patriarch of our family. She just goes along with the story. Um, Okay, here's what's interesting to me, though. Like, I understand conservative Indian families, Mm -hmm. especially in India. But theoretically, you moved to America to create a, quote-unquote, better life for your right. children. Absolutely. You assume that at some point you actually are like, America is going to afford opportunities for my children that I didn't have. So how does that, it doesn't make sense to me that they would be like, Hey, we're going to move to another planet, but we're going to try to pretend we're not living there. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that you would like come to America and try to impose these restrictions and limits on your children being that America's literal definition is like coming here to the land of opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. And freedom of choice for the next generation. Right. You know, you took the words right out of my mouth. My dad came here in 1980 as a grad student for a better life. But better life meaning like, you know, in terms of lifestyle, money, income, career opportunities, that sort of thing. And then he went back in 1983 to get married, arranged marriage. My mom came with, back to America with him. I was born in 87. I'm the firstborn. So, yes, better life, but still retaining the Indian culture. That, that's, that's what they decided. And they did the yeah. best they could. Um, so I, I, try, I, you know, I brought this up briefly earlier. Yeah, so they're disappointed I'm not married yet. But I'm sure like, they'd be super happy to know that I'm still a virgin because that's how they raised me. So um, it's, it's a contradictory situation. But um, it is what it is. I'm in a point in life where I can own that truth. Rewind 10 years ago, I never would have publicly thought I would reveal that I'm still a virgin. Like I, I, it never occurred to me just, um, but just in life and especially experiencing heartbreak after heartbreak, why guy, you know, guys have disappeared and ghosted me when they found out my truth because they were looking for short-term flings or casual sex. And when they found out I'm not about that and they disappeared from my life, that's when I decided, you know, I'm, this is who I am and I'm not going to change for some guy. 
Yeah. Um, Nor should you. But I do like that the response and the advice that Dr. Phil gave you. Do you remember what it was? I sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, I'm super grateful for that experience. It was so surreal to be chatting with him. I never thought I would, you know, I, I used to watch him on Oprah. You know, I came home from school, four o'clock opera, and he was a guest one day on her show and never did back then did I think I would be in L.A. or even on his show. So I, I, I will say that it was a, such a surreal experience. Um, you know, like when I'm when I was on stage chatting with him, you know. It all went by so fast, let me tell you. It was so like it was it's all a blur in retrospect. But when I saw the video afterwards, he said what not to tell guys that I'm still a virgin. And, and you know, the way, and, and with all due respect to his, him and his team, the way it was filmed and the way it was set up on stage, it's not like I could question his advice. No, no. You know, like, no, no, no. really in my mind, and I was thinking, well, what if they want to sleep with me on the first date? And do I just leave, let them think I know what I'm doing? Because the truth is, I don't know anything about what, what I would do in that situation. So. Right, right. No, my takeaway from the video, um, and I agree with you, I'll come back to that in a second. But well, let me let me ask you this question. The guy that you end up giving your virginity to, are you expecting that person to be in a long term partnership with you? I need a ring for my first time. Okay. Okay. So what he was saying, and like, I hear that from you and that terrifies me. Like if I met a guy that was like, Hey, I haven't lost my virginity yet. The person that I, I choose to have this experience with is going to be my wife. And you hear that information like on the first date before you even know if you even want to like have a second date, that is, that's really scary because it sets this major expectation and this pressure up. There's this wonderful freedom to being like, you know what? I don't owe that person anything. That was a really fun Friday night, but I'm, a, I'm actually going to delete your number. And so, and I've done that many times. Like there was a, a guy I slept with at the beginning part of the year who was Indian. And uh, wow. we had, I know, that's, we'll get back to this. And we slept together like three times. And you know what? I got really tired of the fact that he never reached out and asked me how I was, if I wanted to hang out. Like I felt like I was initiating. And after about three times, I, I realized... I need more. I need more. I need you to desire me enough to initiate. So I stopped reaching out and he disappeared. And then I deleted his number. So I owed him nothing and Uh he owed me nothing. We had a great time. And that's what it was. So I admire you. I could could never do that. I don't have the emotional strength. No, no. There's like, your life is not set up to be able to do that. That has taken years of disasters and crying on the subway Mm -hmm. at midnight to get to that place of strength. Um, how good, uh, <laughs> um, you know, so I think like if I met someone just to like reverse the situation, if I met a guy who on the first date told me this is what I'm looking for, I would be like, I don't know. I'm that person for you. Like, it's a lot to process when you're still trying to figure out if there's like a vibe. Mm-hmm. So while I want to honor the fact that you should own your truth and tell people a hundred percent where you're at in your life and what you want. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's what I heard when I listened to him. I was like, I agree with that. <laughs> that's like um, it's unless you have someone's trust, uh, that is that is a very, very sensitive piece of information. I agree. I need to trust him. I need to feel safe and protected around him. Right. And that, that's that is probably not going to happen on a first date. You know, right. It does mean on your end that you're going to have to put someone off for longer than they're used to. But you yeah. could come up with a million fucking excuses. That's what women all do right. all the time. Right. <laughs> You could say a million things. You know, I, I look up to Priyanka Chopra. 
She's a couple years older than me. I grew up watching her in Bollywood movies. I grew up watching her. And then when she married Nick Jonas, you know, we were all shocked. Like, you know, they're from opposite sides of the world. He's 10 years younger than her. He's not even Indian. They've been married three years now. They have, you know, they have a daughter. And, you know, she got married at 36, you know, approximately my age, right? She has a, you know, she writes about him in her book. When you know, you know. Like, you know, I'm at a point now, just emotionally, like whoever he is out there, he's got, first of all, he has to find me. I'm done finding him. I put myself out there. It's up to him to find me. I'll say that line. But he also has to be emotionally stable and mature. I'm not looking to waste my time anymore. I'm 35. I'm done playing games. I, I want to mention just a double standard specifically within the Indian culture, because that's what I was raised in, right? Women are supposed to remain virgins until they get married, but then men can do whatever the hell they want. Like, you know, like seriously, like what a double standard that is. Yes, I literally wrote this down because this was this was something you said. Sex before marriage is taboo in India. And right. I wrote next to that in capital letters for women. For women. Yes, you're right. For women. <laughs> Actually, and- it is for men, too, but men just do whatever. No, <laughs> so going back to this guy, I mean, I had this conversation with him and he told me that his parents who live in India expect to mm-hmm. have an arranged marriage for him. And I said, because yeah. I'm a little bit of an asshole and I can't help myself. I was like, <laughs> how do you think they would feel to know that you were fucking around with a white lady? <laughs> because let's call a spade a spade here. Like you're being like a total hypocrite. And he was like, right. my parents don't even know that I drink. And he's a Artier. Crazy <laughs> shit that he does not and his parents don't know about. And I was just like, what is the value of pretending that you are a different human being to your uh, parents? Like, is it it's to protect them, I guess? But like, what kind of bullshit is that? You live in America and you uh, need to own your truth. He's like, well, they wouldn't understand. His parents would probably have a heart attack. That's what they show in Bollywood movies. Like, like so as shocking as that, it, it'll kill the parents. That's what, it, that's what. This is what bothered me. I was like, so you're going to have all this crazy life in secret. And then you're going to go back to India and let them arrange a marriage for you. That right. wifey's not going to know anything about your, your life in America and crazy yeah. stuff. And I was like, it's ha- that, and then at the same time, time over and over again. yeah, we're controlling women. They're not even allowed to have sleepovers. Like right. this shit, I'm like, I'm, you know, I granted I come from a different culture than you were raised in. Um, uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, I'm full of my like neo-feminist entitlement. But this shit is what drives me crazy. Right. This it's a double, double standard, standard, regardless of any culture. Yeah. 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 No, like. And another thing, what I find mind boggling is, you know, again, and this is irrespective of culture, Indians, non-Indians, everybody, you know, this happens in any culture. Couples who, you know, they're obviously sleeping together before marriage. They're living together before marriage. But then why get married? Like, so when I hear couples who have already done all that and then they get married, I think to myself, what's the point? You've already done everything that traditionally people used to do, wait until marriage to do. Um, and so that's just in my head. Like, it makes no sense to me. You bring up a good point, And I think a lot of people are asking themselves that question right now. Like, what is modern marriage? We know what it was Joke. for. <laughs> we know what it was for 50 years ago, right? Yeah. Um, like you literally couldn't open up a credit card unless you, as a woman, if you were not married. Wow. So, and that's in our recent history, right? So, um, I think a lot of single women, including myself, are looking at marriage today and being like, mm, "I don't know. <laughs> Convince me. Like, I'm not sure. Like, what's the value exactly?" Oh, uh, been, it's not the sacred institution it used to be, unfortunately. Um, it's sad because like what used to be so sacred and special, it's no longer the case. And I already said this earlier, a one night stand will devastate me. 
what'll also break me is like, let's say I do get married to my one and only, but then he turns out to be a different person after marriage. I have that fear as well. I, I, I'd be devastated in that, in that case too. Because I want to know absolutely everything about them before I make that commitment. So that's the converse of that argument, which is just mm-hmm. like, like I am not sealing myself to another person's life unless I know, you know, what if they sleep with me and act like a totally different human the next day? I need to know that ASAP. What if they disrespect me in bed? What if they don't listen? What if um, right. like a million things could happen? I was like, I want to know that beforehand, you know? So mm-hmm. I obviously like, you know, there's arguments to both sides. But and before we, we're going to move on to, to Jason, because I know he's probably bursting with uh, thoughts. <laughs> oh, I'm Jason. Uh, <laughs> but just like I, I applaud you for not being embarrassed because I think our modern culture yeah. could tell you that you should be embarrassed about it. But um, instead, and just like owning it. There's a saying, and I'm paraphrasing, don't buy a car without test driving in. I, I've heard of that. But to that, I just say, you know, listen, I'm not a sure sock that men can just try on by sleeping with me and then disappearing from my life. I need to know he's going to be there yes. for the long term. And like I said earlier, I need a ring. It's a very sacred thing to me. Um, I, I, I'll be devastated if I ever have a one night, if I ever have a one night stand or. Yeah. Or anything. No, like no, that. you you have to find the middle ground for yourself because you you can't date the way we are dating in modern culture. Um, and you I don't know how to. <laughs> right. Um, and you can't go the way that your your parents went either so you're gonna have to reinvent the wheel and then when you figure it out you're gonna write an amazing memoir in a book and you're gonna become as famous as Priyanka Chopra. oh thank you yes <laughs> um Jason yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you so much for your for your wonderful patience I'm so um interested to hear what came up for you? I'll ask you some questions, but I just want to hear like right off the bat, like were there any moments where you wanted to jump in and interject or if you just have thoughts that you want to share? Uh, there were definitely a lot of thoughts that came up, but it was very interesting to sit back and just listen to uh, two women that are very, very different in multiple multiple areas and arenas, not just culture-wise, yeah. but ethnicity-wise, um, upbringing. Um, and the general um, consensus that I gathered is that Women just can't win. You are it's not, from the outside. It, well, from the outside, it just seems like um, whether it's Indian culture or American culture, or Indian versus white, um, there's just so much confusing information being thrown at both of you. Um, and it's contradictory, but at the same time, it's identical. So how are you supposed to figure this out? Um, live up to the standards of your culture, live up to the standards of your parents, live up to the standards of whoever you end up with. Um, Because I'm sure that guy's going to have standards too. But then also not compromise your own standards. And it just sounds very confusing and frustrating for both of you to try to navigate this world women and figure that out while while simultaneously owning your femininity. It is very frustrating. And I applaud both of you for still trying <laughs> despite everything I feel like I would give I, up if I were a woman yeah, so I'm done. I feel I'm so validated right now <laughs> um thank you for saying that and thank you for seeing that like I think that's mm-hmm. what people are struggling with right now and um 
fortunately, we live in a, a, a time of life where we we have access to all these platforms, this podcast and all social media where people are like finally getting out and like having our voices heard and being like, yo, this doesn't work. This <laughs> this is messed up. Um, so I definitely yeah. think we're in a transition period in our culture. Um, were you brought up in a conservative household? Um, yes and no. Um, I'm Cuban. So by definition, we're supposed to be very conservative people. Um, well, Florida Cuban, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Wait, what is a Florida Cuban versus a Cuban Cuban? Well, in, in is that like a Jersey Italian? Cuba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much so. Actually, it's it's almost exactly comparable. Uh, in the island of Cuba, it's a lot freer. The you know Latino culture is is a lot, um, a lot more forgiving. Still very machista. Um, but Florida Cubans are, have this reputation of being very conservative, very Republican. Um, my family, however, was not like that. Um, they were very open-minded people, um, a little too open-minded sometimes. My mom really enjoyed talking about her private life with my father a, a little bit too much. Um, you? but in her word, yes, with me as a child, um, <gasps> oh, wow. she was very proud of the fact that she could still keep her man happy. And in, oh, to, to her marriage, she says that that is why she is. I know it was traumatizing. Were you like your mom's, your mom's mom? <laughs> it, was, it just, I got to a point where it was like, all right, that's just my mom. Um, but to her marriage, she says that she has, they've been married for, I, I believe, almost 35 years now, almost 40, 30 to, 35 to 40 years. And she says that the only reason he's stuck around is because she still knows what she's doing. I'm like, okay. Wow. In, in the so bedroom? Did you, want, did you want syrup with your pancake, mom? Yeah? Okay. Literally, <laughs> literally, no one ever wants to hear those words from their mother. No, not at all. <laughs> so in that sense, my family was very open. Okay. And, and okay. sharing. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. My forefather, who's a very quiet man, he would just sit there and nod. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. So, so conversations about sex happen in your, in your household often and freely. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, with no boundaries, <laughs> no barriers, no, no, nothing. So it was in, in, I grew up in, I guess what my mom tried to instill with me is that, um, and this was all in Spanish. So I'm roughly translating to English. Um, she would say that relationships are complete. Um, and that's very much the kind of what you were speaking of earlier. Um, the point is to know the person completely um, and almost to kind of like give of yourself, not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally and how it all ties together. Um, Latinos are very emotionally driven people. So everything we do is tied to our emotions, um, sex being one of those things, um, which is um I don't know. I guess I guess this thought came up during the conversation about the sanctity of a marriage and why it's not the same anymore as war. I think what's happening right now is sort of some sort of physical revolution versus spiritual. I believe that happened a few years ago where we are now allowed to own our bodies and say that what I do with my body is actually not that big of a deal. So the institution of marriage has kind of crumbled when it comes to physicality, whereas now marriage, which kind of ties into what you were saying, I feel has gone up to 
it needs to be spiritual at this point or emotional or like the physical can be there, but also that's not what marriage is for anymore. Also, the taxes are better. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but now to take that next step, it's like, this is who I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. So of course, everything needs to be right. The, the physicality needs to be there. The emotional aspects, the spirituality, your goals, your mindset, um, what you see for yourself in the future, um, where you want to live together. Do you like pets? All of that needs to align as opposed to like we're before let's go in 1950s or something. Um, it was more about like, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. So I'm, I'm going to do that. And I think there's also this illusion built up around the past being better or like in many different scenarios, the institution of marriage being better, the scent, like it was better before we're products of the past. So I think part of our revolution is the fact that that illusion was shattered and we grew up in that. It wasn't perfect. You know, we saw women being cheated on, women being abused, women being left behind, women being taken advantage of, and the men were never held accountable. So I think there's a little bit of that illusion being shattered also. I'm like, well, if that's what Mm -hmm. marriage is and was, maybe it, maybe it's not for me. A hundred percent. I think that's- Sorry for the rambling. No, it's not um, rambling at all. Um, what were your what were your family expectations around marriage? That's the sex be good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Clearly, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can picture my mom being like, "Mom, yes." Like, no, no, mom. To um, <laughs> so my, I come from. We're very passionate people. No one in my family is divorced. Like, no one. Same um, here. Yeah, no one is divorced. <laughs> It didn't start happening until my generation started getting married and my cousins, a few of them are on their second marriages. Some of them are just divorced and single again. No one is divorced. So I think there's still, regardless of being free and liberal and, you know, all of that fun stuff, there's still an expectation that if and when you choose this person, it is because you are going to try to make it work. There's also an understanding that it is not easy. Marriage is not easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom says that all the time. And she emphasizes a lot on making it work from both ends. She's a very strong, determined woman. So I think my dad gives in a little bit more and lets her win a lot. Um, Hell yeah. It's just easier. It's just easier for her, (laughs) uh, for him to do that. Um, But there's also this, it was really instilled in me that if and when you choose to be married, there are going to be very hard moments coming up, but you chose to go through this life with this person. So unless, of course, there's something terrible that happens, um, you know, like anything in the abuse category or anything like that. Of course. um, Everything is, there's a solution for every problem. And you're committing to making it work. So it's also interesting to see that my generation, especially my cousins and stuff, um, I don't know what it is, actually. Maybe Maybe they don't want to put in the work or maybe they realize nope made a mistake next one or i also think it has a lot to do with dating culture currently there's always if you swipe 
left. There's always there's always you know another person, right? Problems. The idea of the one on. has has kind of dissipated. Like there's this one person that you're supposed to magically find. There's probably going to be like several in your lifetime. So mm-hmm. that also like dilutes the idea of marriage if there's not if there's not one for you. There's lots of options. You're like. Eh. It's so unfortunate. Well, yeah, <laughs> dreams are shattered. Yeah. Let me ask you this sort of um, kind of parable, if you will. So how would your family feel if you started dating or became serious with someone who was not Latin? Oh, God. Uh, well, there would be a huge language barrier, which would break my parents' heart. Um, because okay. my mom thinks she speaks English. It's okay. It's funny. Um, I think it's cute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be an issue to overcome, um, only because she's a very involved person in my life. So it would be difficult because she prides herself in like a lot of our, our culture, our upbringing, yeah. Yeah. our traditions. So not being able to share that with someone who isn't of, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Cuban. Any Latin descent might be a little tough on her. I think she'd be open to it. But it, it would also kind of... Be challenging. I, I feel like be challenging, shut her down a little bit because she wouldn't be able to share as much. I don't think my dad would mind. He doesn't say. He's not a man of many words. So... Check <laughs> <laughs> in with him. See how he feels. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll give him a call now. I'll be like, hey, dad, <laughs> let's talk about this. I also wanted to ask you another question. Just going back to that sort of original idea of like, how do we uphold the culture? Even though you moved to America to create a better life, better path, open path, freedom for your children, like, but then trying to uh, control the path that they choose, I guess, is the best way. Yeah. Like trying to wrap my mind around it. You know what I mean? I, I like, how can you the, like bring like start a life here and be like, "Hey, it's the land of opportunity." Well, hold up, hold up, not a, not that one, <laughs> you know? What right, I mean? like, and choose like yeah. any. And I'm I curious think, if you experience any of that resistance. Are you Catholic? I'm just wanted to get some clarity. I am not Catholic. Uh, I'm not Catholic. Okay. Catholic. A lot of Latins are Catholic, so and I'm Catholic, and I was just wanting to know if you've met any resistance in in terms of like coming out. But um, sorry, go ahead with your thought. Um, I was raised Catholic. Um, but we were um, holiday Catholics. So we went on Easter and Christmas. And then yeah. <laughs> was just you would ask for forgiveness on Easter and Christmas and then go do it again. Um, so we we're holiday Catholics. But I think to touch on what you were talking about coming to America uh, to create a better life, I think, yeah. um, and this ties back to what Sonali was saying also, I think the, uh, the wants, especially in other cultures, to come and do that ties in a lot to... Um, financial liberty, um, yeah. birth opportunities. But right. my mom, and I remember because she said this a, a lot, one of her biggest fears was that we would become incredibly Americanized in the fact that, in her opinion, and maybe this is true for other people of other cultures also, Americans are very closed yeah, off. Right. Um, there's not a sure. closed off emotionally. Um, there's a lot of, I mean... This is generalizing at this point, but like she was afraid that like I would become distant to my family or she was afraid that I would not be open to emotional opportunities, not just financial opportunities. She was afraid 
of, um, I guess, just American culture bringing my spark down or, or dimming it down yeah. be, to fit in with the masses. Yeah. I feel that's for me, especially, especially with Latin culture. Like, side by side, <laughs> there's more spark <laughs> in the Latin side. We'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, anything else that, that you just want to, like, address or um, anything else that came up for you before we wrap this up? Yes. One thing, talking to uh, Sonali's point about um, Dr. Phil not telling her, I mean, telling her not to tell guys. And I see your point also, I think, which is with the confusing thing, because you're yeah. both valid. But I also think that it to her benefit to tell them maybe like first or second date. That way, those guys are weeded out because there will be the one person right. that's like, I don't care. Right. But, you're right. You're right. But also men are also emotional beings. So that I see your point where you're like, that can also be terrifying and scare them away. But at the end of the day, don't you want those to be scared away? I don't know. It's so confusing. Yeah, what, I, what I agree. Filter them out. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do you do? There's a, there's a tricky balance that we don't have the answer for because we're flawed humans. But one day you're going to figure it out and you're going to write your yeah. memoir and then you're going to help on that. <laughs> I'm going instead of come from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a tell-all, you'll come back with a famous author on hashtag single. Co-authors from Equinox. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's not the title of the book. No. You guys, I've loved both of uh, your perspectives, and I loved having this this really dynamic and juicy conversation about culture and sexual expectations. I don't think I've ever had this conversation before on hashtag single that always activates and excites me. So um, I just Mm want to thank you so much for being vulnerable with me, a complete total stranger that you never met before. That means a lot (laughs) to me, and I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. This was fun. It was. I had a good time. Good. Thank you for being here. I love you, Jason. Love you too. You got to take him out for some cocktails, girl. (laughs) He's like, like, you know, I'm the the 35 year young virgin who knows how to be sexy and whose favorite cocktail drink is sex on the beach. The beach is a terrible cocktail. Oh my god! Cocktail. I see her oh, down like three at a time. No. Three yeah, Jason, I was a different person. You know what it is? Is that she's living? She's living like what we did in college. Is like basically. Well, you're younger yeah. than me too, Jason. So maybe you're still there. But yeah, there were there were those days of Long Island iced teas that I'm no longer doing. I am cosmopolitan Long Island iced tea. Oh gosh, those were the days. I'm like so old, I can only do vodka soda. I'm like, do not add any soda. Do not add any sugar. I just need the alcohol and a little bit of water. (laughs) Um, Anyway, you guys, it's been my pleasure to have you. Um, So thank you again. Uh, And thank you all for listening to this gorgeous episode of Hashtag Single. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it it sparked some curiosity in you about uh, your own personal experiences. And if you have a pal that you think this might benefit as well, please consider passing it on. As always, if you want to hit a like or subscribe, we would love you to pieces. Just help our podcast rise to the top. And come join us over on Instagram at hashtag single pod. Join in the condo, especially if you want to give us some feedback on, on uh, this crazy juicy conversation. Should Sonali tell her suitors that she's a virgin on the first date or not? <laughs> Jeanette, if a prospective suitor finds me through your podcast, he already knows, right? <laughs> That's true. If anyone's out there listening, she's a veil. Hit us up. DM, <laughs> DM, we'll connect you. Um, all right, guys. 
thanks again for joining us. And we will get you a brand new episode with a guest expert in two weeks. So we will catch you next time.